Welcome back to Can't Let Go, the NBN podcast where we discuss news and personal stories from the past week that we can just not get out of our heads. I'm your host, Jacob Lazaro, and I'm here with two new guests. I have Lila Reynolds and Rachel Holly. Guys, you want to say a bit more about yourselves? Sure. Uh, I'm Lila. I'm the executive editor of NBN, and I'm actually Jacob's managing contact for audio. Yeah, so this is my boss, so, you know, I gotta <laughs> be on my best behavior. I'm Rachel. I edit the news. That's all there is about me. All right, so um, to get started today, um, for the first time in the podcast's uh, run here in our first season, we actually have had two people come in with the same news story. That's um, me and Rachel. So, uh, Rachel, do you want to get us started? Yeah, uh... Roy Moore needs to stop fucking kids. I, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I don't think he's um, been accused of actually, like... No, yeah, I know. I mean, Going like, in all the way, but definitely creepy molestation. Gloria Allred um, came forward with a, a second woman who um, is accusing Roy Moore of... Uh, of molesting her when she was when she, she was, was a teenager. Yeah, she was 16. Yeah, I just got this in front of me. He signed her yearbook with something like horrible, like to the most beautiful young woman I have had the pleasure to know, oh. Roy Moore. And then in parentheses, oh, I, I, I just found it. Yeah, yeah. To a sweeter, more beautiful girl, I could not say Merry Christmas. And then what's the parentheses? Roy Moore. Parentheses. D A. District Attorney. Uh, yeah, I know. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, so I mean, he's totally like, he totally used his power in the Alabama judicial, as like a, as like a position of authority to, you know, get with these underage girls, which is one really creepy. I know the first um, girl who came out, who was, I think, 14 at the time, they met at his court. Like, she was there with her mom. Well, again, she was at a custody hearing. Yeah, with it was mom. a custody her hearing mom with her mom. A custody hearing, and then Roy Moore walked by, saw her, and was like, oh, like, don't bring her into the room like i'll stay out here with her and keep her safe because i'm an attorney and an adult and not someone who uh abuses children also not to make light of the situation in any way but why did their yearbook come out at christmas that's true it was it was a different time you know in the 70s (laughs) you know what can can we say on that on the last day of school like that's how it's true and also why was he like in a place to sign her yeah why was he he at at the the school? school i mean i have such mixed mixed feelings about all these women coming forward because it's like part of such a larger thing that's been happening in the past few weeks and I feel like it's great that these people are feeling empowered to come forward but it, I just am so disgusted and I feel like I can't trust anyone. I mean I just I just want to get this on the tape um, so the the woman who came out today um, the second woman um, who was 16 at the time this is um, what she's she read um, in a statement at the press conference um, quote I tried fighting him off while yelling at him to stop, but instead of stopping, he began squeezing my neck, attempting to force my head onto his crotch. And then she also said that Mr. Moore warned her that, quote, no one will believe you, unquote, if you told anyone about the encounter in his car. So many men in, like, powerful positions have been doing this and just using the assumption that, like, nobody will believe these women, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody will will validate their stories and, like... I mean, they've been proven true. Like, these these women haven't felt comfortable to come forward until so many years later. Roy Moore was is a very controversial figure nationally and also in Alabama as the judge who was removed two times over the Ten Commandments thing, like, in he front of the... He put a giant stone slab of the Ten Commandments in his office, and they were like, don't do that, and he was like, I'm going to do it, and then they got rid of him. He ran, got reelected after that, then was removed again after refusing to... Um, Refusing to, to recognize gay marriage in the state of Alabama. Now he's running in the general election as the Republican nominee um, against Doug Jones, who's the Democratic nominee for the Senate seat. And it's just like, 
really interesting because the Republican establishment, like Mitch McConnell, they already really did not like Roy Moore. And it was like almost immediate, like hours or so after the second woman came out that McConnell was like, yeah, he should step down. And we're trying to we're thinking about mounting a write in campaign to like put another Republican, you know, party person as a write in candidate for the Senate seat because they really don't want anything to do with Roy Moore. But then Roy Moore is like infamously stubborn. He's like saying, I'm never going to step down and that all this is just fake news. There's there's um, plans being floated that if he wins, the Senate will vote to expel him from the Senate, which they can do. They just need a two thirds majority. Um, So that could possibly happen, you know, or we could have a massive upset and Doug Jones could win and be the Democratic senator from Alabama until 2020, which would be quite an interesting political development. Okay, so my story this week is about sexism. Shocking. So essentially, it's an article about how young kids learn sexism. And I think like, yeah, everyone agrees that it's it's something about classroom settings and whatever. But it's even at, like earlier than that, like when you have a little teeny tiny baby and are saying things like, oh, like what a handsome man, like you're so strong, like using those like gendered concepts to to very young kids. And then, you know, in the classroom, like it becomes a question of saying like, oh, like any like girls to answer this? What about boys? Like there's always this breakdown, which I guess I didn't really think of when I was growing up. I feel like kids are like little sponges and they just kind of soak up everything that goes on around them. So it's definitely, you know, what really was going to stuff like that's really going to have an impact. And that's true for sexism, but it's also true for a lot of things. Yeah. I feel like the learning of stereotypes happens at such a young age. So when you, when you're a little kid and you hear like, oh, like this is what a girl is supposed to do, or this is what a boy is supposed to do. Like it becomes, you know, just like things that you do in day-to-day life. You want your kid to be perfect. And that's what, uh, that's what really fucks up a lot of kids. The first things, the first tests that you can um, put your kid through, you will. And the first tests of, like, you know, social acceptability or whatever is gender performance. I think part of the problem is that there are such prescribed ways of being perfect. Um, and the article even says something about how you're rewarded for for really fitting into those gender roles. So like, for example, if, you're, if your dad offers you some sort of gender appropriate to- toy like a Barbie and you're, you're playing with that, you're gonna get re- rewarded for it as opposed to if you are, you know, start playing with GI Joes. Um, Cause that's like not considered like right. Right, adults in your life, n- when you're a little kid, nudge you towards appropriate gender expression. Like I have, I don't know, like I'm 21 years old and I still have an aunt who like every year like um will like send me like makeup and stuff for Christmas and it's like very uncomfortable because like because we see each other at the holidays and like she knows that I'm like you know this like butch little person <laughs> and like you're like I don't wear makeup <laughs> well yeah I mean it's just like I like um I I've always felt like I'm being sort of like nudged um it's funny now it's time to move on to our personal stories uh rachel do you want to get us started yeah so the other day i was uh shopping at trader joe's and i walked by so there's this uh there's this pet store near trader joe's and it is called the fishbowl no but it's not called the fishbowl it's called the fishbowl t H E E fishbowl, which is inexplicable. I don't understand why. it. Why? But that. it's the greatest place in the world. Right. And the thing about it is that if you actually look at it, it's not only that they, it's. Are they a big fish seller? 
I don't know. It's I haven't even been in this place until. Uh, until all right, you're making ago. a mistake. You gotta go in there. Right. So it the problem isn't even that it's called the fishbowl for some reason. The problem is that the kerning on the word the kerning being the space between letters letters is so bad that it looks like it might be called tree fishbowl, which makes less sense than the fishbowl, but also maybe it doesn't because the fishbowl also makes no sense. So I like for the first time ever, I mean, I walk past this place all the time, but for the first time I walked in and in the fishbowl, there is an 80 pound tortoise Betty. named Betty. She does not live in a cage. She simply roams. Did you meet uh, Lewis, the bunny? Yes, the bunny. That, so there's Lewis, the bunny. He's so big. He's like bigger than a cat. He's so huge, and he just wow. w- walks around. There's all these animals. That there's chaos. <laughs> I know. It's it's crazy. I can't even imagine being there all the time. So in my life this week, uh, every year there's a um, an audio kind of festival convention, whatever you want to call it, in Chicago called the Third Coast Audio Festival. So it's an audio journalism festival in Chicago that runs for three days. So um, audio journalists from around the United States and then around the world um, come, and there's talks uh, by people like Ira Glass on st- audio storytelling, and then you know panels on pitching your stories and just you know better ways to um, do audio journalism. It was a really great. It's a really great thing. And um, Medill, um, for a while, has gotten three passes to this conference because it costs like $500 to go. It's one of those like expensive conference pass things. And they give them out as little scholarships. So you can write a little essay if you're interested in audio journalism to get one of these passes, and then you can go for free. So I wrote an essay um, about a month ago, and then I got one. So I was like really pumped. So I went down to this um, conference on Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week and just met all these like really cool people working on audio journalism who I really admire, went to all these cool talks. So I had a really great time. But one of the co- most interesting things that happened there is I met this um, woman named Zoe who um, was just really cool. So she went to Wellesley, um, which is where Hillary Clinton went, which is already pretty cool, um, had an internship at um, P- Maine Public Radio in Portland, Maine, then worked at WBUR in Boston for three years or so. But now, and get this, this is the interesting part, now she works for Alaska Public Radio in Unalaska. Why? Which is on the Aleutian Islands. Why would she go from Boston to Alaska? First of all, career goals. Like, isn't that True. so yeah, awesome? Goals. Second of all, she was like, you should apply for an internship at Alaska Public Radio because we pay our interns. So I was like, tell me more. So maybe this summer you'll be able to catch me um, up in the Alaskan wilderness. As they're trying to decide who their intern will be. They might. I don't know. Better be doing a good I, job, I, Jacob. I, I, I hope. Yeah. So this week, as usual, I fell on my butt. Uh, so, I mean, to be fair, there was snow. So, like, it was slippery. But I do regularly fall on, on level surfaces. But I'm walking, like, I'm cruising along, talking to my pal on the phone. And I just go silent for a second. And I had, like, literally ate shit and, like, fell on my face. Was this the day it was, like, snowing and yeah. really icy? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was icy, okay? The first, like, like snowfall of the winter so like you know understandable right so so but the, i think the worst part was that i was like on my on the phone with my friend and she was like oh my god like what happened and i was like i, I just fell and it was also really embarrassing because um michelle enos who's like the social justice educator at northwestern uh who's like definitely one of my top campus crushes she was like walking right behind me and like saw me face plant and was like Lila, or she, she doesn't know my name. I wish she knew my name. <laughs> but she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like, I'm fine. And I was fine, but, like, oh, that's not how I want her to see you were, me. You were, like, physically fine, but not mentally not fine mentally because at you all. had been embarrassed. I was not <laughs> fine at all. <laughs> 
So that's going to wrap things up for this week. Can't Let Go and all other North by Northwestern podcasts can be found on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. Just search North by Northwestern, hit subscribe, and you'll get a notification whenever there is a new episode, which is great because then you'll know whenever we have new content. This will actually be the last episode of Can't Let Go in 2017 because we are finishing up our publishing for this quarter. But do not worry, Can't Let Go will be coming back on a limited release schedule in winter quarter, probably around mid-January, because I'm going to be actually in D.C. Um, for Medilla on the Hill. So I'm going to have less time, but I'm still going to try and record episodes for you guys, probably on a two-week basis. Our theme song is Little Lily Swing by Tritachion, which is under a Creative Commons attribution license. I'm your host, Jacob Lazaro. And I'm Lila Reynolds. I'm Rachel Hawley. And this is NBN Audio. NBN Audio.